gaming, I can see Love Face squirming around in it now. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Jim Sterling. This is Podquisition. I'm joined as ever by the inimitable Laura. Hello. Hello. Inimitable is a word I've never had used for me. That's that's. I, I like that. I like being inimitable. It's good. I I I try and imitate you all the time. <laughs> yes, I try all the time, and I fail. I try and imitate. You, I try and imitate. I try and imitate everybody, um, and and they are all inimitable because everybody's special in their own. This is this is my uh, Mr. Rogers moment. Everybody's special in their own way, except for um, you, the listener. You're not special at all. You are you are like everyone else in the world. You're not special. <laughs> Screw you. I you're think you're both scum. pretty special and imitable. In fact, oh look at me. I'm Jim and Laura. Have a cup of tea. I'm from Britain. Hello, my name's Jim and Laura. Wow. <laughs> that, Bollocks that, and PG tips I am, and blurring oasis okay, and plungy performance. I have never seen that, Gavin t- make fun of us. Well done, Gavin. You have ascended yeah, to the no, world well of people done. who have confidence on this show. Woo. That, that pantomime witch, apparently, that you're hearing there, because apparently that's what me and Laura sound like, um, is Gavin, uh, who is kind of a pop star, uh, comes from Ireland, uh, and... and that's more or less all you need to know about him. Um, hello, Gavin. <laughs> hello. <laughs> you all right? I'm all right, yeah. I'm You're all right. That's, that's good I'm to all know. right, mate. Oh, that's that was an accent. Hello, um, darling. My girlfriend <laughs> hates when I do English accents. <laughs> that was horrible. Oh, that made me feel like leeches were under you, my you skin. You seem to be in a very interesting mood today, Gavin. I've, I've never seen you like this. Not, What's up with I you? I haven't had any sleep. Okay, so. never sleep before this show because I kind of love this, Gavin. That works. <laughs> that works really well. I, I think all of us We don't have, like um, your kind around here, Witcher. <laughs> I think we're all a little bit sleep deprived today. We're all work is long. We're and all in tiring. a bit of a thing. Ugh. Yeah, we're uh, we're recording ten minutes late because I um well I mean I've been up since God knows when. I had to finish off my Splatoon review. Um, then I thought, well, I'm just going to listen to one of you know like uh, I was re-listening to the Ray Peacock podcast, which is one of my favourite things ever. So I was re-listening the what, to an the episode. What podcast? The Ray Peacock podcast. As uh, a comedian, and he does things. Um, that, on, it's an old podcast. <laughs> that that name could very, very easily be taken the wrong way. I was wondering, is that name meant to be taken the wrong way? No, no. Oh, okay. It's 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 just a, a a a name he has. People have pointed that out before, and that he kind of glosses over. It's an unfortunate it. fact of his of his existence. Yes. I mean, it is actually a stage name, but I don't think that was his intention. And it, I've seen it brought up before, and he just kind of really quickly sidesteps it. Um, but I was listening to that anyway, and um, then I fell asleep. And then we're recording ten minutes late now, because I got up at, at ten minutes past when we're supposed to record. Uh, so I'm... All kinds of fun. I, I'm very um, confused because I also had an afternoon nap before recording this and I woke up about five minutes before the show happened, having fallen asleep watching volleyball anime and had some very weird dreams because of it. <laughs> <laughs> volleyball anime yeah. is a thing that exists? I, I've gotten into the world... In the last two what? weeks, I've gotten into the world of sports anime. So first, I got introduced to an anime called Free, which is about a high school swimming club. And now I'm. I've heard about I'm that. I'm now watching Haiku, which is a an anime about volleyball, and it's but it's basically really... softcore porn, isn't it? Kind of, but also it's like like the swimming suits are just an excuse to get like the boobs out yeah. and stuff. Well, no, right? no, these are all the male cast ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, these the uh, the swimming. <laughs> 
I've seen clips of the swimming one, and it is mm. very like I would I would call it remarkably good. Yes, it is. Um, All of the sports anime are just homoeroticism everywhere, and mm. I kind of love it Absolutely. for that. And oh yeah, not unpleasant at all. Speaking of remarkably gay, what's remarkably gay, Gavin? Our referendum was yes. Woohoo! Oh yes, oh. yes. Well yeah. done. Have Ireland. you seen good my stuff. favorite yeah. thing about this, which is that the Westboro Baptist Church tried to turn the Irish flag upside down because apparently that's a thing that's yeah. really offensive with the American the flag. The Ivory Coast. Yeah, not realizing that made it the Ivory Coast flag. So they're like, Ivory Coast, don't praise gay marriage. I was saying on Twitter, having the Westboro guys angry with you over that, it's like. Having an angry house elf nipping at your heels when you've just defeated Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really the is. The like... Vatican is pissed with Ireland right oh, now. God, yeah. And I, we're like, I, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. If, you, if you want to excommunicate the whole country, please do. I mean, you know, I thought go ahead. we had a cool pope when this pope started because he started off being like, yeah, gays are all right. And then this week he was like, oh, this is a blight on humanity that gay marriage has been allowed yeah. to be a thing in Ireland. I'm like, screw you. Yeah. You had a chance to be the cool pope. Did you see France trolled him pretty hard over that? Yeah. They made their ambassador to the Vatican a gay person, yeah. and now they won't meet with him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, homosexuality is... Anyway, woo. politics. It's good, <laughs> um, but you've got to watch it now, because this is the slippery slope, <gasps> Gavin. Like, mm. gay marriage has been allowed. Pretty soon you're all going to be joining anime swim teams. Next, next thing you know, well, I, I'll I, be allowed I was to kind marry of worried my, the other I'll night because... I'll be able because... to marry my ass piss Link Amiibo. It'll be great. Because we went, we went out the other night and there was like all the churches were on fire and like there were sexy firefighters, like totally <laughs> nude, putting the fires out with, with their penises, just like pissing the fires Has out. Has the moon turned blood red yet and unleashed like hellspawn demons that are huge and enormous <laughs> and that have two heads on both ends of them? Has that happened no. yet? Is it, the, is it the night of the hunt in Ireland <laughs> or not? It's the night of the penis. Like, do you remember in King Kong? <laughs> In Peter Jackson's King Kong, when they go into the swamp and like there's this big dick monsters. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just Ireland now. It's a big dick swamp. <laughs> dick swamp. Now there's a game title. <laughs> so I've been watching volleyball anime, and that was weird. But it's given yes. me weird dreams where like my entire dream is like a very lengthy dream about a volleyball that is slowly falling, and I have to make a series of decisions about what to do. Had some very weird dreams before coming to this show today. <laughs> That's awesome, and um, so yeah, so uh, I I fell asleep and I slept in late. Um, I've, I've said before, we've said before that being like self-employed is just like unemployed, but better quality <laughs> cakes. Uh, and then this is one example. Like sleep schedules are weird. Mm. You yeah. know, I kind of get half a night's sleep and then catch up the rest of it at some point during. My the sleep day. schedule is now getting very much like the way it was when I was just becoming an unemployed teen like late teens early 20s when like i was about 19 and unemployed and i would play video games until 3 a.m get up at 6 a.m sleep from two in the afternoon till seven have some food Mm. play some video games like that's where my sleep schedule's at at the moment (laughs) it's not helpful it's It's funny you know because it's not at all that kind of thing when you're single isn't as bad I think though and I think you guys probably relate to that because we're all in relationships it's kind of harder when you live with someone and you kind of you kind of want to be going to bed the same time as them as, and you miss them and then you're sleeping when they're up and stuff and it's like uh, it sucks yeah <laughs> me and my partner's sleep schedules our sleep schedules clash a lot at the moment so yeah, that's not great I've been married for a long time we're well over that 
<laughs> Still, being self-employed is great. It, it is great. The, yeah. the benefits far outweigh the, the, it's, the negatives it's, for it's me. It's great even though half the time I'm shouting, why do I, am I doing this? This is the worst. <laughs> I love it anyway. But yeah, we got video games to talk about, probably. Um, yeah, should we happening. Should we talk about... We, you mentioned you did your Splatoon review. Should we talk about the Splatoon thing that happened today? Yeah, Splatoon happened. Um, let's see, it's not out till Friday, is no, it? No, it's not and out till worldwide. Friday, yeah, and that's worldwide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, review went up, uh, reviewers have played it, some of them have decided to opt for the uh, in-progress realm. Mm. Um, I felt confident not doing that. Uh, couldn't be fucking bothered. Um, but I've been enjoying it, I think it's a great fucking game. Mm. Uh, and there's, there's obviously controversy around the, the amount of content that it has, uh, but for me it's all about... I mean, content's good, and I. Uh, but there's a balance between content that's worthwhile and not just content that exists to be content. Mm. Kind of I, I'm excited uh, about this idea of a long rollout of content. It's just a shame that day one isn't going to be as feature packed as people necessarily hoped. Yeah, I mean, it's. Mm. I, I said that in the in the review. It's what they're doing is interesting. I don't know whether it's good or bad yet. We're going to have to see. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly closer to the ideal of games as a service than a lot mm. of these people who do glorified DRM laden MMOs um, try and attempt. But for me, what it comes down to is, okay, there's not a ton of content, but how much time am I still spending, and how much of that time am I uh, finding as a, a valuable expenditure? And what it came down to is the fact that my review copy will not work at launch. Um, I, it's identical to the re, uh, retail version, mm. but the online servers are going to close. Uh, the game's basically going to be worthless. My copy is going to be worthless on uh, May 29th. Uh, and I'm going to spend the 60 bucks to get it, uh, which mm. I think is, is pretty as, as solid a recommendation as I can give. You know, I beat the single player. I've spent hours upon hours in the multiplayer. And I'm gonna buy it because, despite only having, you know, what is it, five maps and or, or whatnot, I'm not sick of it. I just want to keep playing it, and I want to play it with a whole bunch more. Does it have a campaign, Jim? Yes, yes. Oh. It's got a, oh, got a single it, player so. mode. Um, a lot of people have like, like it's it's very unsung. Like Nintendo's mm. not really focused on it. They, I think, today or last night, they released a a video showing some of it off. Um, it's not. It's not going to take you ages to complete, um, but it's it's cool. Like it, it's got a very sort of '90s era mascot platformer feel to it. By the way, the levels are set out, and um, they do very clever things with the ink, the whole ink thing uh, in that mode. Um, you know, there are sponges you've got to fill with ink to turn them into platforms, and if enemies hit them, they shrink. So there's that kind of thing. Uh, levels with invisible platforms, like just the. Your entire path is invisible, and like that uh, unfinished Swan PS3 game, like mm. you've got to spray ink everywhere to to define the environment around you. Um, so there's all sorts of clever things, clever bosses. None of them especially difficult, uh, but clever. You know, they're they're fun mm. to do. The final boss is fucking ridiculous. Um, in, I don't want to give it way? away. In a good way. It's mm. it's it's very silly. I mean, the game overall is very silly, but yeah, it's got a really nice, clever. Uh, single player and if some of their free updates include more levels for that I wouldn't uh, sniff at it um, I know there are like single player challenges for the amiibo stuff but as I said in my review my new rule going forward is I'm no longer going to be talking about amiibo stuff 
in reviews for games because Nintendo have made them so hard to fucking get well, that I refuse to count them as part of the core experience anymore. I think that, like, particularly with Splatoon, um, now is a perfect time to be like, yeah, getting a hold of ami- a Splatoon Amiibos is not going to be easy for some people, even compared to normal, because... Yep. Yeah, should we should should I mention the news story? Oh sure, um, yeah. Yeah, if you're in Europe and you were hoping to pick up the limited edition of Splatoon that comes with the Inkling amiibo that can only be got with that limited edition bundled with the game and you're in Europe, you're kind of screwed if you are hoping to get it at a physical retail shop, particularly in the UK, because a lorry containing the entire UK shipment for game got stolen fucking brilliant and there was a mass email that went round I've, I've done a load of phone calls today it basically seems that none of the like the UK only has one big um, dedicated games retail chain at the moment that deals in new copies of games which is game mm-hmm. and their entire shipment for the UK has been stolen uh, the supermarket chains in the UK that stock video games of the ones I've called, all of their stores are only planning to get the standard edition, not the limited edition. So you can't get it from there. Uh, the shops we used to have that did DVDs, CDs, and games have all closed down. There is no major retailer in the UK that is that will have stock of this anymore. Like um, Amazon UK has stock, and like it's gone, it's going super stupidly quickly. Um, Nintendo's UK store had stock because obviously they don't have to transport it to anywhere, like on mass. But that's now sold out. If you wanted that Inkling amiibo, and you're in the UK, you are absolutely screwed. Um, I know that Amazon Germany apparently, like I, I've seen reports that their shipments have also been stolen. Um, I, I'm getting mixed reports from different countries, but basically Europe is a little bit screwed with, with Splatoon because a fuck ton of Splatoon got stolen. That's right. I mean, it'll be available. I mean, you know, eventually scalpels, scalpers, scalpers (laughs) will, uh, have them on eBay. And let's face it, that seems to be who Nintendo was serving most with the Amiibo. Like really Amiibos, um, and Nintendo's cut out the middleman. Because the scalpers are going to get them all eventually <laughs> here. They've just cut out the bit where they buy them from Amazon in mass I, and sell I'm, them onto I'm us. I'm suspecting that Reggie's done this again. He's like, Probably. fuck it. I know, I know Laura was excited to get the, the, <laughs> the Splatoon Amiibos. Fuck it. If I steal just one, she'll find a way to get them still. Fuck it. I'm stealing all of them. And Reggie has stolen all of the UK Splatoon Amiibos. And... He's gonna yeah, throw. He's, he's gonna throw them to the audience at E3. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah. Oh no, he's gonna throw them to the audience, and then he'll a little spotlight will come down in me and the audience, and be like, "No, not you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, everyone gets he's one like, but you. He's like, guys, uh, Bethesda are announcing Fallout. How are we going to compare? I know. Let's throw amiibos at the audience. We'll throw them the amiibos that we stole from them. Yeah, um, but yeah, the whole amiibo thing is is ridiculous. Like yeah. the the moment they announced the three pack in the US, because you get a three pack of two inklings and a squid, and mm. the moment they announced that, I I went and looked on Amazon and it said unavailable. Um, had signed up for an email update so that if if they get a shipment in, they can let me know. Mm. Uh, That was months and months ago. Never got an email, still signed up. It's probably never going to be available. And I'm sat here thinking, why the fuck am I supposed to talk about Amiibo functionality in game reviews anymore? Like, 
Splatoon is the game that's turned me off of them at this point because yeah, like, like a, it's, it's, there, it's there is dumb. specific functionality that requires you not just to have one of the amiibo but it's you need all of the amiibo and if you use all of the amiibo on the game you'll unlock this thing and yeah. there is content that in the UK I pretty much cannot get that content in the game and yeah. that's like I just was... I'm like I will get the yarn the yarn Yoshi amiibo because it's adorable and made of of wool but beyond that I'm I'm fed up with it now. Yeah, like I was ex- I was you know eager to get the the yarn one, but mm. I'm, I'm I'm so done. Like I I, I will really get the yarn one the if it's easy to get. Ones. If I can get it easily, mm-hmm. I'll get it. Otherwise, I don't care. That's it. Like I mean, I could import um those those the, like there Amazon has some Japanese um amiibos. I mean, they're all the same. Yeah. They work the same. They've got some Japanese ones for like, you know, 30 odd bucks and stuff. A couple of months ago, maybe I'd have done that. Um, no, not now. I, I was doing that for a while because you could get them at re- um, retail price from Amazon Germany in Europe and you had to spend a little more on postage to get it yeah. to the UK, but you could get them at RRP. But I'm getting fed up with it at this point. Like, I still love them. Like, someone just today, I had it turn up in the post, someone sent a Mega Man amiibo, which is one of the ones I hadn't been able to get a hold of. And I'm like, I love this. This is adorable. There is no way I would have gone to the effort required to get this otherwise. That's it. It's it's got to the point where it's like, you know what? If I see if I saw a Splatoon amiibo in a shop, which is fucking unlikely, if mm. I ever saw it in a shop, yeah, you know, I'd probably buy it. But I'm done dancing around their fucking ridiculous scarcity. Uh, and when it gets to the point with with the Splatoon amiibo, where there's genuine single player content that's that could be for a game that's already kind of in this controversial position. Uh, where people are saying there's not enough content. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily among those people, but they really would have benefited from having those single-player challenges in the fucking game um, to break up sort of, of any repetition and, and stuff and keep people invested. Um, and I would honestly, like, I've never had a big problem with the whole idea of Amiibo as, you know, unlocking some stuff in games. I don't consider it the, the on-disc DLC analogue that mm. some people do. But what... When you're at the point where that content is now unavailable because mm. Nintendo's making it really hard to get, that's where I feel they've crossed that, the line. That is my the that is my entire problem with it. Yeah. Is if that um, that content is accessible, then I have no issue with it. But when I can't get a whole like when I want to purchase your product and I cannot do so, and there is content locked behind my inability to give you money, that's irritating. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's really is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I'm done talking about. Um, I mean, I'm going to do the same complaint in every Nintendo game I review. I'm going to copy paste the same fucking whinge from me, where I'm mm. like, you know, I'm, why I'm not reviewing the amiibo portion of the game. But I'm sorry if you can't make if and and let don't pretend you fucking can't Nintendo. Mm. Don't pretend you. There's a copy of Splatoon for everybody who wants one. You're telling me you can't get an amiibo for everybody who wants one. Um, well, th- this all being said, like we're not reviewing amiibo, but have you seen what the fuck amiibo do in Yoshi's Yarn World? Um, I the last time I checked, uh, I just saw they were made out of yarn, and at the time I thought that's good enough for me. Your your other amiibo do stuff. Um, have you ever wanted to see a Yoshi that has Mario's face on its face? Oh. And is dressed in overalls. That sounds horrific. <laughs> it's terrifying and great. That um, sounds more like a Yoshi current... <laughs> made out of yarnum rather than yeah. yarn. <laughs> every like every amiibo that you 
uh, use on that game from the like Smash Brothers set and the Mario set will turn your Yoshi into some kind of monstrosity of a human dinosaur, and it's <sighs> fucking amazing. See that that's shit. I that's shit. I want to be really. I want creepy Nintendo dinosaur hybrids. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want a, a you know? A, a blasphemy against God in video, in cute yarn video game form. Uh, but again, this whole amiibo scarcity means I'll probably never get to see it. I'll probably never get my my mm. horrific, godless, <laughs> woolly creation. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. Oh, update from last week. My copy of The Witcher Three now loads. Brilliant. I haven't had time because I've been busy working hey. and I haven't had time to actually play it, but now it goes past the first cutscene, so by next week I'll have probably had time to catch up slightly with it and be like, yeah, it's good like I thought it would be. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful game. I'm oh, loving certainly. it so much. Yeah, I'm I mean, really happy to see that like a week or so after after it's out, people are still very, very positive on it. It's it it's because the game gets better the further you go in. It, it's, mm, the um, excitement is not dying down, and the, that makes me very excited to jump into it now. The story, I cannot believe how good some of the writing is, and how subtle, and and actually how funny some of it is as well. Some mm. of the one-liners in it are are amazing. Although having played for like like fifty, sixty hours now, I can sort of see what Jim was saying last week about how the minor annoyances start getting to you. Like there was a yeah. point yesterday where I can't remember what I got stuck on some uh, some detritus on the ground while trying to fight and got killed, which was really fucking annoying. And then went back to the fight and like I can't remember what it was. I was trying to run away, but it wouldn't let me. And I was trying to like it was just some of the uh, some of the controls are a bit you know a bit annoying at times. And uh, yeah, the candles because when Jim was telling me about the candles shit, I hadn't got to Novigrad yet. Holy fucking <laughs> shit, the candles. <laughs> ignite, 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 ignite. Ah, yeah, it's, it's all. You're trying to loot boxes and he's lighting candles and you're like, oh, oh, I'm putting them stop. next to signposts as well. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I want to do one thing. Why am I doing things to candles? Like, the one that really snapped me was I was trying to open a tre uh, treasure chest and there was a melted candle on top of the chest. And I'm like, you, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking wankers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was actually playing more of it last night because I, you know, I mean, even though I've, I've sunk tons into it and reviewed it, I still, you know, there's tons to do still. There's so many contracts mm. I've got to do, so many fucking um, things that need doing. Uh, and and I'd taken a break for like a few days, and instantly I was yelling, "You fucking cunny! You fanny!" <laughs> at a roach as the horse just wouldn't fucking do what I was telling it to do. Did you Did you um, guys see the thread on Reddit about um, who else wants to send roach to the glue factory? <laughs> yes, you linked me to that. <laughs> uh. um, another thing this game really, really needs is somewhere to store your items. Like it's yes. like please. Please patch that into the game because you your gear has to be upgraded. So you've got like these special Witcher sets, but you have to cart them around with you all the time. And no one's been able to confirm yet whether or not leaving things in the game world is safe. So I think it'd be really cool to just have like a chest, even a chest. It would, just yeah. Because I spent a long time like with the game thinking, you know what, I'm going to keep every trophy that I get from a monster to remember them always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of hours in and I'm like, right, no, Wyvern sell Head, sell it. Yeah. Griffin Head, sell it. Foglet, sell it. Which like, kind of sucks because 
part of the appeal of RPGs is having somewhere to put all your cool shit you've collected and admire it and pretend and pretend you've achieved something with your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even the Witcher gear, it's like I had to choose what I want. Like mm. I, I had the cat gear, the feline set, and that's such a cool. Then I got set. the, I got the the bear set, um, mm. and I'm I'm playing very defensively, so I went bear set, and I'm like, you know, I just I can't keep all of this shit, so I ended up dismantling mm. all of my feline stuff. Mm. Um, if I ever want it again, you know, you can rebuild it, but I'm like, gotta commit, can't just carry all this Witcher gear around because mm. I, I, you just don't have the room for it. And it uses a lot of rare resources to keep rebuilding them as well. Yeah, so you've really yeah. got to commit and just fuck the other ones, you know. Good job the bear outfit looks really cool, though. I have yet, I have yet to find that. It's actually, funny enough, like, it, it's, it's the heavy set, and it's a uh, higher level, if I remember correctly, like, higher quest level than the cat gear. Way easier. Like, finding that cat gear, trying to... Like, I went the wrong way around trying to find the cave that's inset in the cliff. Oh, and yeah. I went down the cliff way, and I, I had so many death drops until I found the actual easy way to do it. Oh, um, my God. Going through the goddamn underwater bits to find the griffin upgrades. Oh, God, the swimming in this game. <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't know. I still, like, 60 hours in, I don't know how to work the swimming. He keeps changing direction. And I'm like, what do you do? I was actually... Roaring at the fucking screen because I was in the ship. I had collected the gear and my breath was running out, and I was trying to get out of the ship and I couldn't do it. I'm like, "What are you doing, Garrett? You fucking idiot! Move!" Well, yeah, I mean that's the problem. Aww. Is is if you try and change the camera angle, it seems to make him stop and then try and realign himself somewhere else. Yeah, that's the big problem. Like I found the best way to swim is to just guess. It's to just yeah. hold down the button because he'll just send himself to the bottom of the river um, yeah. every time you swim. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to try and find out where I am. I'm not going to try and work out my surroundings. I'm just going to guess, which has worked out surprisingly well so far. <laughs> I feel I feel very sad that I've not had a chance to play that yet. But so far, like my week, I was like, well, if I can't play The Witcher, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through the internet and see what weird sex games I can find to talk about this week. <laughs> I did find another weird, weird, weird game on Itch.io. It's called Lovesick. It is a two-player game in which you play a husband and wife on their wedding night. Laura, if you ever have your own podcast where you like exclusively re like review these kind of games, there is your name for that podcast, Lovesick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. But, so you're playing this couple on their wedding night and they've had bad shrimp. And both of them are unwell. And so is this a is metaphor, or did they actually eat bad shrimp? No, they actually ate bad shrimp, and okay. they're both they're both sat on opposite sides of one toilet, and <laughs> they are projectile vomiting, and you have to get as much of the projectile vomit into the toilet as you can, and whoever gets the most in the toilet rather than anywhere else wins. <laughs> but equally, <laughs> it, you can battle each other in the sky by there is a separate button that will stop you vomiting, but will start you flying around the room powered by a stream of projectile diarrhea so you can either fly across the room with a jetpack of shit or spray uncontrollable waves of vomit out your mouth and you are trying to get as much vomit as possible in this one tiny toilet it's it's, it's a it's a local multiplayer game and it's kind of hilarious if a little bit resource intensive it's a very minimal 
art style game, but just the number of things they're trying to have flying around the screen <laughs> is a bit resource intensive. And it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful experience of, you know, everyone's, uh, oh man, I'm way too sleepy today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful recreation of, um, you know, the real indication of true love that people get the first time yeah. they're sick together. If you love the the other person after this experience, you're probably going to stay together forever. Yeah, exactly. If, if you've been together at the point when one of you flew across the room because of the strength of their projectile shit, you're probably going to be together forever. <laughs> Speaking about projectile shit... Oh, um, segue. Digital Homicide have a new game out on Steam. Oh, um, was it good and amazing and there were no problems with it? Am, am I supposed to know who Digital Homicide is? You know the bit where you said amazing, Laura? <laughs> that bit counts. Gavin, I'll tell you a little bit about Digital Homicide. Um, my most popular Jimquisition on my YouTube channel is called The Slaughtering Grounds. Okay. Uh, Steam <laughs> okay. Meltdown Story. Yeah, that's... It's those guys. Um, these are the guys who... Uh, I say guys, it's clearly just one... One idiot um, masquerading as a studio. Um... But yes, this is the famous developer who... Um, I say developer, that's putting it way too kindly. Uh, this is the Content prick creator. Who, that's, the, that's when you call someone a content creator. Because a content purchaser, they are creating, really. They are putting some product out. They're not creating anything. Yeah, they're, they're a content reseller. Um, what, what he does is he buys assets from the Steam Unity store, then cobbles them together to make a game. Um now, I've been covering their stuff for a while, obviously, <coughs> ever since I did Slaughtering Grounds, and they hit me with a DMCA takedown and threw a tantrum and, and coined the phrase Jim fucking Sterling song. Um, they've been a goldmine of, of stuff. Now, I'm, I'd am i almost feel bad about the amount of hassle they get now, if not for, obviously, the fact that they fucked with my job and my the place where I, I you know earn money and everything. And also the fact that they can't leave it alone. Um, because only recently they bought the fat ogre unity asset and mangled its arm to try and mimic my Russian roulette pose that I have on my YouTube channel and made a Steam trading card out of it. So it's like, they're clearly still salty over everything. Um, so I thought, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's review, re let's say review. Let's play Temper Tantrum and see if it's a piece of shit. It is a piece of shit. Uh, obviously it is. What they did is they bought three different asset packs from three different store uh, uh, developers on the Unity asset store, um, mangled it together in this horrible game where you just run around breaking shit and it's called temper tantrum which is a very ironic name given them and the really interesting bit is what they've done is uh, on the steam forum they have the general discussions uh, forum like pretty much every steam game gets they made their own one as well there's a sub forum called the happy fun hug club uh, which is where they dump every single bit of criticism, you know. Not mm. just the insults, but the actual criticism. All of it goes in there, along with any thread that mentions me. Um, <laughs> now, the, what's really fun is the general discussions forum has 23 threads. The Happy Fun Hug Club has 75 threads, uh, including ones that they've sarcastically pinned, because uh, this is one of those guys that do that kind of thing. Um, you know, the pinned threads are waiting for that meltdown uh, with the in the subject of it says, yeah, boy, do it, do it. Uh, the other pinned one is I made a thread alerting you to motion sickness in the game and you deleted my post. Um, 
the other pinned one is why you shouldn't support this game. Uh, other threads include uh, why you're being thrown around so much. They're trying to explain why Jim Sterling and Angry Joe is having a go at them. Um, there's a sarcastic Jim Sterling doesn't know a good game when he sees one, and they start talking about how it's brilliant art the, and everything. The fact that they're pinning these, it, it feels like it's showing a, a weird type of self-awareness, which makes this so much weirder. Like I the fact that they is... are aware of this critique and that they are proudly making it prominent in the place where they're hiding things. That's such a yeah. weird situation. Well, it's it's this kind of... I've seen it before. It's this impotent attempt to show that it doesn't bother you. It's like, mm. we're so not bothered by the criticism, we're going to pin it and pretend we're laughing at it. Like, I've watched threads. Like There was a 91 um, post thread or something somewhere in that forum where Digital Homicide just kept responding. And at the end of every single post was like, ha ha, this is so funny. I'm not even worried about it. I'm not bothered. This is going to be my last post here. See you later. It's been fun. Two posts later is back um, doing the same thing. Uh, it just it reads like the Joker uh, having just come out of the toxic pool and his mind breaking. Um, but yeah, like it's, and it's what's really interesting is he's put legitimate criticism in here as well. Like the game... I don't get motion sickness, but the game makes you ill. Like, it made me ill uh, because the camera swings so wildly. So we got this guy who did a thread called uh, Motion Sickness. I tend to get some motion sickness with some game cameras. Uh, this game needs to have a warning attached. I looked at the game for no more than four minutes, threw up, been dizzy for over an hour now. Uh, legitimate complaint, you know. Motion sickness is a thing, and in-game cameras can have an issue. Um, I believe uh, that's one of the reasons why Total Biscuit talks about field of view in his game so much. Um, and that can affect me, like, ever since I started going, like, properly covering PC games. Uh, field of view is an important thing. FOV, like, can stop you feeling unwell. I think it's weird that people give him a lot of shit over that, actually. And, and how they say that, like, it's it's really boring. And it's like, hang on, this is exactly why I watch his videos. Because he tells me the shit I need to know about the games. Well, <laughs> it's the people who are saying it's really boring are people who it's never been a problem for. Yeah. And as such, it's like, well, it doesn't affect me, so why are you talking about it? Yeah. I mean, eye problems are, are a big issue. I mean, I've only recently, in the past few years, um, sort of understood that I needed glasses, you know, and <laughs> dealing with uh, migraines and stuff uh, over the years. And some games, especially some of these games that come on Steam that are just really badly optimised and have no FOV and mm. have really awful frame rates. Or head do bob. Like, head bob oh, is head bob, fucking yeah. does it to me, man. Any game that has head bob in it that doesn't have an option to turn it off, I want to come to your house and puke on you for making that <laughs> game. <laughs> so, yeah, there are games I've played where, like, I'll play it, and an hour later I'm in bed because my, my eyes are just destroyed. Mm. Um, so this person made what I felt was a very legitimate complaint. Digital Homicide's response was uh, more or less, what do you want me to do about it? Uh, and when they were like said, you know, can you maybe at least at least address the issue? At least say sorry you had a bad experience. As you were the developer, can you go in and be like, hey, let's try some things. Does this make things any better for you? Have you had any success with field of view sliders would that maybe help is there anything we can do yeah exactly is there I anything mean, we can we can work on in this game to do some development to improve the piece of software we're putting out 
I mean, let's face it, Digital Homicide doesn't know how to develop games. There's no way they can fix it. Um, but the person did come back with, like, well, you know, what you should have done about the issue is at least say, sorry I had a bad experience, that's too bad. Unfortunately, we can't change the camera at this point, but we're sorry this happened. Something like that. Show a little professional courtesy. Digital Homicide comes back with, I asked you what you would like me to do in this thread right after you posted, you never responded. Instead, you just continue to post random false information. I would imagine leave a bad review about the camera and sorry about your condition. Uh, so that was his response to that. If anything, this just says more about Steam. Yeah, I mean, it, it always comes back I mean, to... you're always going to get people like this, and the problem is that Steam are giving them the platform. Yeah, this this feels like the kind of developers that if you came to them saying, hey, I can't play your game because you haven't done some stuff to do with colour blindness that is making the game unplayable for me, are there any options to do any recolors on anything? They'd be like, that would be their entire response. They throw your post in the Happy Fun Hug Club and just sarcastically, I mean, here... Like there were people giving them suggestions about you know migraine issues and and motion sickness. People actually came in and gave them genuine advice of how to stop it. Um, you know, have the camera controllable by the player, um, show it from a top-down perspective, and they said nice suggestions. Unfortunately, we won't be making any changes to the way the character because... is controlled. Thanks for your input. <laughs> Sorry for your inconvenience. That was it. Like that's a really scary. Noise. <laughs> that is pro- pretty much how I imagine they sound, though. Um, so yeah, they've been going around doing all that. Um, the the one thread I can't remember the exact. I've been linking to it on Twitter because I've just been reading this every day. I go into this thread and just read it, and I just go, "Oh, what a day! What a lovely day!" Uh, in sheer excitement at the things I'm seeing. But among their other claims uh, is that what they're doing, buying Unity assets and reselling them, uh, is no different than an episode of the Jimquisition. Uh, they said, "Can you name? Can you please name any original content in the Jimquisition apart from all of his narrative and what?" he's saying and I'm like so this guy doesn't understand the difference between art and criticism then yeah well he doesn't experience he doesn't understand the difference between content and a shit well even (laughs) then it's it's a case of like hey here's the difference if you took those unity assets used them as your base but then created something unique and added that into the experience then that would be more comparable but no you are just cobbling them together and bringing nothing of your own to the table. Even if it was something not unique, but good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, he doesn't understand the, like, the transformative nature. He doesn't understand why, uh, you know, Let's Plays or Reviews, uh, pretty much many videos on, on YouTube are transformative in nature because they, uh, you know, they use... I use video footage as illustrative uh, to the things I'm saying. People aren't coming there to watch the game. They're coming there to listen to me. Like, the... I Like, it's... If it wasn't coming from him, I'd be insulted because it's impossible to feel insulted by this sad wretch at this point. But there's more original work that goes into a Jimquisition episode than, you know, the entire library of Digital Homicide, the five or so games they've churned out in like a year. Um, So he did that. Also claimed responsibility for um, 
my subscribers tripling over the past year. Really? Said said that with the destruction of his company, they are respons- uh, responsible for 150,000 plus subscribers that I've gotten in the past year. Because um, he assumes that every single view on the videos you did was someone who'd never watched your content before and who immediately subscribed and said subscribed. Yes, exactly. Now, I'm okay. not going to deny that... Um, the Slaughtering Grounds debacle did do well for me. Uh, Pro Jared and Angry Joe both uh, talked about it on their own videos. That drove traffic. Um, but it's really, not, I mean, it's they're not the ones that who, well. Yeah, they're the ones I owe the, the boost in subscribers mm. to that I got at the beginning of the year. Um, but even then, like, I get, you know, around about at least a couple of hundred, but, but sometimes on average a thousand subscribers a day. And they're coming for the weekly Jimquisition and all the other stuff I do. Like, the Slaughtering Grounds thing is still a small part of it. It gave me a really nice spike, but that was it. But the arrogance of the guy, like, every time I see him post, like, it's some new depth of ridiculousness. Either insulting, um, you know, someone there who had a legitimate complaint, taking credit mm. for me, accusing me of making things up. You know, there was one post where they're like, I've been studying Jim Sterling and Maker Studios and Disney uh, for 800 hours, uh, along Poor with bastard. defamation <laughs> laws. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I don't think about myself for that much. But, um, yeah, still believes that, that I- I'm guilty of defamation against their character by just accurately recounting what they've done. Um, but yeah, that's, that's digital homicide. Absolutely still, um, just, just continuing the meltdown it's been having for about, I guess, close to a year now. If you want to avoid claims of defamation, all you have to do is use the small penis defense where in every one of your videos you say, Oh yes. And they have a small penis. And at that point they can't say it's defamation of character or slander unless they're willing to admit to having a small penis. So, you know, <laughs> that is a thing you can do. That might be fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, no one can accuse them of that, really, because they've been swinging their dick around for the past few oh, days. Um, so, anyway, that's, that's the coming latest this, on digital like, homicide. Coming at this, like, even, like, from maybe a compassionate angle, like, maybe this is someone who's just a bit troubled. But really the problem here is fucking Steam, you know? Because it's got no quality control. I think that Steam enables the problem. I think that it's that we shouldn't be absolving this particular developer of their part in the problem. No, no, no. I know not to absolve them, but this is this is the whole point. Is that like, I don't know, whatever. I just yeah. (laughs) I mean, no, no. Steam allows fuckwits to do stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, I said um, about I guess it was two years ago now or so. Or at least over a year ago, I said Steam needs quality... Con- I did an episode of the Junquisition on the Escapist called uh, that Steam needs quality control, and everyone shouted me down because they were still in that Valve can do no wrong phase. Uh, and now everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying It's so vindicating for me. Um, because the funny thing is, is I did a video on what I call the asset flip on Monday, uh, which is where people take assets from Unity and do like what Temper Tantrum did. Or even mm. worse, they do like what uh, Field... Uh, they take Unit Z, which is an open world sandbox um, base at Unity that you can buy for 50 bucks, and it gives you zombies, guns, basically a big open world um, unturned ripoff that you can build your own game around. But several studios have just taken that, renamed it, and are selling it on Steam, mm. um, which is just fucking shocking. So I did an episode on that, and then no sooner had I done that, I went and did a 
a squirty play, which is like my let's play thing, and did a game called, uh, let me just make sure I get, I get the name right, uh, a game called Ramayana, uh, which I've also subtitled The Clusterfuck Masterpiece, which takes old World of Warcraft models <laughs> and puts, it's a weird strategy game that runs about two frames per second, um, takes old World of Warcraft models and sets them to music stolen from a Metroid fan composer. Um, They did a, 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 I think, Kraid's tune or something like that from um, Metroid. Uh, Did that for a fan um, project. One of those games that stole one of my songs, actually. I can't remember what it was called. It was really big at the time. Ah, who cares? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like that was that was that. Then the next day, I did a game called Chariot Wars, twenty five dollars for a game that is free on mobile phones. Um, made again, nothing but stock Unity assets that aren't put together properly. Um, mm. You can tell that they're they're like different assets from things thrown together because they don't. They never look like they exist in the same world. Like the mm. people writing the chariot. This is like a racing game, a chariot racing game. Um, and the characters are kind of hovering above the chariot rather than stood on it because they've just been, like, awkwardly pasted on. Um, and that, so far, Chariot Wars is is possibly the worst game I've played this year so far. Uh, it's so fucking awful. I do recommend you go to my channel and check it out. But, but just it's just, be, it never ends. They, they need to be careful, though, because their, their godly halo shattered in Gabe's face this year with the whole uh, mods disaster. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this, this all being said, though, there is still one positive that Steam has going in its favour that certain other services don't, which is that developers who sell their game through Steam do get paid for the copies they sell, unlike on Desura. Ah. Yes, yeah, I heard yeah. about that. So we, we were talking about Desura the other week on the show, which is basically like the tiny indie games version of Steam mm-hmm. that hasn't really been a thing for a while, but that people still put their games on even if no one's buying them through there. Yeah, and, I mean, look at how bad yeah. Steam is. Like Steam can be. Desura hosts games that can't get on Steam. Well, <laughs> like imagine Steam Greenlight without the Greenlight process and without the fee to put your game on Greenlight. Uh, as yeah. a general rule of thumb, and I can say this from experience, most most times there's a company who's designed to, in inverted commas, help... Um, smaller indie artists i.e. people who don't have expensive lawyers mm. with their work to sell it and stuff there's always issues yeah yeah well like disora have been going plodding along well for years now like they've just quietly existed and people who use that platform because they couldn't get on steam have generally been happy with them as a platform even if they don't get the traffic they want because no one uses that store but yeah, the the update was. Uh, I need to try and find the link as to which developer it was. But um, it was a developer of a fairly high profile indie game who'd put his game on Disura as well as Steam, who basically came out and said, "Hey, for the last six months, I've not received any payments for sales of my game on Disura, and I know that my game has been selling on Disura. What's going on? I've been asking behind the scenes and getting no answers. What the fuck's going on? That's and Disura mm. put out a public response after this, which was, "Hey, so our CEO's been in hospital for the last two days. Um, there's issues in the pipeline. Um, we will pay all invoices for the last six months where we've not paid anyone. We we moved from one ownership company to another." 
Um, it's not that we haven't paid you or that we're not paying you. It's just that we're delaying your payments without your consent and that you, we will give them to you at a predetermined time in the future that we're not telling you. That's messed so, up. Like, not yeah. even telling them until someone kicks up a stink as well. That's the bad, That's the worst part of it. Yeah, and it's horrible when you start thinking about the fact that like this is affecting primarily very small indie developers. Like This is affecting the people who are... Yeah, this it, this is probably affecting like mainly the the developers who are going month to month on their sales. Mm. Yeah, these are not big budget indies. These are the indies who are just scraping by, and suddenly money that they should be getting isn't coming in. And I've been trying to do some research on this. I am very curious to find out if there's any indies that have got into serious financial issues because payments they were meant to get never came through. Yeah, like I, I mean, I would say if you're relying on Desura to make money, then um, you were probably already fucked. But at the same Possibly, time, but let let's say you're doing really well on Desura and you're getting maybe a couple of hundred dollars a month, and that was the extra little bit of income that was keeping you going. And then yeah. that oh, suddenly yeah, yeah. vanishes, and you go from like two hundred and fifty dollars a month to nothing. Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm being churlish, mm. but I do yeah. agree that it's it's. If if you are in that situation, then this is beyond. Like even if you're not, you know, it's it's fucking honest pay for honest work. If they're not yeah. delivering, and certainly if they've not warned you, that's the well. bit that. Like I've worked for small companies. I've worked for companies that don't pay on time. Um, mm. A lot of them. As someone that does a lot of freelancing, I come across this all the time. The company that doesn't pay you until you publicly mention it and then all of a sudden it's like ah, da, da, here's excuses blah, yeah, here's it's your like money. at the very least you fucking warn me like it's i've like, yeah i've i've had so much so many worried moments where a payment is due to me over the years and it's just not shown up and then mm. i have to go asking for it. i hate asking about money yes it's, it's, it's something i have it's a horrible. horrible anxiety about um, and I have to go chase it up and be told, you know, oh, sorry, we're running late. We've got, you know, whatever, yeah. accounting error or whatever. And I'm like, you fucking warn me ahead of time, well, guys. I'm, I'm not going to name outlets, but there was one that was really good about this that I wrote for earlier this year who there was a problem with their payment system. And they told me about four days in advance. They were like, hey, look, this has come up. You were meant to be paid on this date. We're aware that this is not ideal. And like, if it is a... An urgent matter, let us know when we will find us some other solution. But our current payment system is down, and if you're okay with it, um, we'd like to wait until it's the system's back up and do your payment on this date. And I was like, okay, it's not entirely urgent. That date's fine. You let me know. That's 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 no problem. Exactly. It's a sad I mean, fact of life way. that like the creative people are always at the mercy of the business people. Yeah. Like even yeah. like couple of years ago when youtube suddenly changed their algorithm without telling anyone like suddenly channels that were getting millions of views were plonking down to a couple of hundred thousand and it, there was no warning to anyone the, yeah. yeah the big danger that happened there i think was they went from a payments model based on views to a payment model based on amount of time watched or mm -hmm. vice versa and that like it, it needed to be done but people should have been warned I mean, people were exploiting the shit out of that system. O like. Overnight, it completely destroyed some avenues of, of YouTube. Like, yeah. I know that animation creators overnight lost their livelihoods with no warning because, like, wow. that change in model completely destroyed the model that had been working for them. And yeah. I the mean, poor, the poor reaction on. girls lost their, <laughs> their livelihood too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it actually so yeah, worked out I mean, better yeah. for me actually strangely mm, because yeah. um songs people tend to watch them 
all the way through. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So it yeah, I mean, you are you kind of at the whim of everyone. I mean, it's mm. even with Patreon, you know, it's like it's it's fantastic to give that control to a loyal and interested and invested audience. And I feel more secure now than I ever did working for mm. a company. But even then, Patreon could go belly up tomorrow, and and you'd be well, fucking thrown to the wind. You have stuff like when um, the oh, what it what was it called the uh, the tax thing that was going on in Europe. Um, Vatmos, where suddenly it's like, mm. okay, every person that is considered a customer has to individually give two forms of proof of address, which Patreon wouldn't handle collecting for us. Um, and, mm. and you have to recollect those two bits of proof of, of address every single time they make a, pa a Patreon donation in order to then calculate their individual tax for their country and keep receipts every month for every backer you have in order to show that you paid the correct tax for the country they live in. Wow. And thankfully... Didn't they change the tax laws this year? They changed the tax laws, and thankfully also Patreon said, look, if things don't change, we mm. will... Like, eventually, they said, we'll step in and we will handle that information. But mm. overnight, Patreon could have just completely collapsed as a viable path for me because... Mm. The amount of paperwork required to manage that would have eaten up my time so much that as a small content creator, that would no longer have been a viable use of my time. Mm. I mean, that's what I will say for my, my experiences with um, uh, Patreon and the way I see how Kickstarter and Indiegogo operate. These are at least companies that, at least until someone tries to buy them, so far uh, really are putting their creators first and really are caring for them and trying to to um, you know, not make things as, as tumultuous as possible as, as other avenues do. So fingers crossed it stays that way. Mm. Um, you know, especially things like Patreon, where clearly their whole onus is you put the creators first. Mm. You know, this is about the creation of, of your art, your criticism, whatever it is you're doing. So you know, hopefully that holds true. Uh, it's certainly the the most secure I've ever felt. Uh, and it is a shame that the traditionally secure routes, you know, you think having a, a nine to five job would be the most secure thing. But unfortunately, these days, it just it, it, it isn't is true, not, no. especially in our industry. Like there's no job security at all. Uh, and and it, it is ironic that the riskiest move I've ever made is also the safest. Uh, it mm. is kind of fucked up that way. But that's that's that. The industry is a weird thing. We all got very serious there for a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they like it when we do that sometimes. Yeah. They do like it. Sh yeah. Should yeah. I lighten things up a bit again? Because I've got weird food to eat this episode. Oh, uh, yes. Let's let's move let's... on to the strange... I'm really curious as to that first thing you noticed. Okay, so notes. the first thing that I have to eat this week... I, I went to MCM, which is um, the UK's big like London-based Comic-Con this week, and... The big thing I did is I had a little bit of a budget aside to be like, right, let's find the weirdest convention food I can find to bring home to eat on the show. And the first thing I found was Marmite chocolate. Yeah, so, that's... I'm, I'm mm. terrified of this. Yeah, idea. apparently, like, this is not the... There, there is, in Australia, I think, Cadbury's have started doing an official Vegemite-flavoured chocolate that someone is posting out some to me. But I've yet to try. But this is from a weird off-brand um, seller that was selling it on one of the art dealer tables. The brand is Armite. Uh, like, O-U-R-Mite. Ew. Yeast extract milk chocolate that is chocolate with caramel, like hard caramel chunks in it that have been flavoured as Marmite. Why? Just why? So, that's that's the dog-headed crow of fucking candy right there. It's, it is the... 
I would never eat this if I didn't do a weird internet show where people keep asking me why haven't you eaten something on the show recently. So, without further ado, <laughs> fuck it. Oh. <laughs> oh. That oh. says it all. It tastes like dog food smells. <laughs> you know dry dog food? The smell of dry dog food. Mm. It tastes like that smell. <laughs> I ate dog food once as a dare, actually. I can confirm that it's not, not nice. Ah, and it's, when you're crunching it, it feels like you're crunching dry dog food. But then once you've chewed it a bit and like you've got melted chocolate in with this flavour, it tastes like you just have lukewarm, not full-strength Marmite just kind of slopping about your mouth with a bit of a weird, a weirdly sweet taste to it but it's not a good sweet taste it's <laughs> it's like it's just sweet enough that like my brain isn't like okay this is salt I can be and prepare myself for it it's softening it enough that it's worse <laughs> oh. mm. that is dog food chocolate <laughs> fuck dog food chocolate. that tastes like fucking dog food <laughs> so, so not a recommendation then no I got three squares of it out for the show and I'm not eating the other two Fuck it, they're going in the bin. Um, Laura, do you like keep a packet of airwaves next to you for when you when you do these? Um, I have cider to wash this all down within a minute, so <laughs> that's that's the plan. Um, I'm hoping oh, I, the other two are going to be slightly I better. I don't do um, cider. I drank like a flagon of cider as a teenager, and like I got so drunk that I fell over my friend's parents' tree they planted in their garden when they got married and destroyed it, and they got divorced oh. that year. So oh, I kind God. of like swore off cider forever. <laughs> That's a shame. Um, yeah. um, these other two things are Kit Kats and I'm having to go off the internet telling me what these are. So the first one is apparently purple potato Kit Kat. And it has a weird pile of purple slop on the packet. Like it looks kind of like someone piled varying sizes of onion rings or maybe mashed potato, but it's purple. Um... The Kit Kat itself is purple. I'm hoping it's going to be better than dog food chocolate. Okay. That doesn't taste like potato. It's white chocolate that tastes kind of like rose. So that's okay. okay. That, I, that That's all right. Mm. That's okay. That's a much better palate cleanser than fucking dog food chocolate. And then the last one appears to have a picture of some grapes and a glass. And I think it's red wine. I think it's a red wine Kit Kat. First of all, I'm kind of not expecting this because I've just opened it and it's white chocolate, which I would have thought dark chocolate for red wine. Did you guys see that Kit Kat is changing mm. its name to YouTube Break? I'm like, that's really disappointing. At least do it. At least do it to something with a shit name like Moro. They're not changing all of them. Like some of them are going to be YouTube. They're going to have YouTube Break on them, but others will be like Coffee Break, um, Crossword Break. Oh. Podcast break. They, they but are they going to put ones. it back to KitKat eventually, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is like a two-week thing or something. Sweet. But God, I, yeah. I hate UK. Mm. I hate. I things like that remind me why I hate UK advertising campaigns so much. They always they make me cringe when I remember them. I remember when they changed the name of um, Cocoa Puffs temporarily just to cause an outrage. And then it was like the monkey was like, phone in if you want to change it back to Cocoa Puffs instead of chocolate <laughs> cocks or whatever it is we fucking called it. 
and making kids fucking phone up. It's like the the word pack for DLCs. Whenever I see the word pack, it just I don't know. There's an irrational, growling <laughs> dog hatred I get. I'm like, yeah. pack. Yeah. So I've had my weird um, what I thought was red wine Kit Kat. It's white chocolate that tastes really nice. Actually, it tastes like like the purple grape Fanta that you can get in America, but as oh, a Kit Kat, okay. and that's actually really nice. So, yeah, the two Kit Kats. I'm glad I left them till last, but fuck it. Marmite chocolate tastes like fucking dog food, and so I have I have no a whole that. large bar of this to get through now. So I'm you gonna have to. Have to no, I'm gonna give this to unexpected <laughs> people. Also, Tilly in the background. Tilly, you're gonna eat some dog food chocolate later, okay? No. I'm excited. Oh, she's excited. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, so that's the food bit. That's the food we, bit. We, Excellent. We, we've got some pretty good questions this week, actually. Yeah. Why yeah, can't you ask these good questions those. every week, guys? <laughs> I know. I put some questions in the chat. I'm like, you know what? We got good ones this Here, week. Here's with, with one I'm gonna give over to the two of you. Because okay. this definitely doesn't apply to me. Who hates the sound of their own recorded voice the most? And I cannot answer that because um, I'm very vain and I like my voice. <laughs> I don't hate it anymore. But fun story. The entire reason I started podcasting is because I hated the sound of my own voice. And I wanted to A, get more used to the sound of my own voice. And B, give myself an excuse to have to listen to my voice every week. And to like improve the things in my voice that I disliked. And week by week, it was my go-to example of like, okay, I can hear how my voice sounds different to how it did last week. I don't hate my voice as much as I used to. I think, so, do, yeah. doesn't everyone yeah. hate their own voice the first time they hear it? Because it sounds so different when it's reverberating inside your skull. Probably. Like, mm. if, if anyone out there wants to hear how much my voice has changed in the last two years, go look up the Indie Haven podcast, episode one. My voice is so much lower in that show. <laughs> My voice is so low. I'm just like, oh god, I do not like that voice. But it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I let's see. I, when did I first do a podcast with you? I can't remember. It must have been like two uh, years or so ago. It, and I, it was one of the category video games. I think it might have been. Yeah, and I, I always liked um, your voice for. Um, podcasts and stuff mm. uh, which is uh, again part of the reason apart from the fact that you know i like you both part of the reason i uh, wanted you on here is because i always thought you had this awesome uh, podcast voice um so yeah always been a fan of it uh, but i do remember that story you saying about how you you got into it because you you didn't like the sound of it initially and i don't think anyone can accuse you of that now um mm. yeah i love you my do, voice like, now I... six podcasts a week it's currently at nine a week <laughs> it wouldn't oh, it wouldn't me. want to be a problem would it no i <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I love the sound of my own voice. Universe, listen to me forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was very much the same way. I hated... Um, I mean, I hated all audiovisual content that I did. I preferred <laughs> writing, and I was very much sort of, I'm a writer, and I will always write. And... <laughs> Hated hearing my voice, hated um, seeing myself on camera, hated being in front of a camera, which obviously now is just this complete irony of, of, mm. of where we're at now. Um, in fact, when I first started the Gymquisition, I didn't have to do it on a, in front of a camera, but it got to the point where I was so happy about it. And so you, I was so happy at being recognised at PAX. It was like, uh, I'm going to do the intros and outros now just so that people know what I look like so they can yeah. say hello at PAX. I, 
I am still the same about video. I hate having my face on video and I know I need to get past that because that is becoming a really big requirement for a lot mm. of the main sites. If you want to work for one of the big sites, I, it is a big hiring condition they look for. I now. despise being on camera as well. I hate it. You you pick up all your, you notice all of your awkward tics and mannerisms mm. and, and twitches and you're like... God, is it really that visible yeah. when I do this, that? Yeah. This being said, though, apparently I post enough selfies that the internet recognises me anyway, because while I was at MCM this weekend, I kept getting recognised and people wanting selfies with me. Nice. I will say, whoever you are, eight-year-old child out there who asked, said, I listen to the podquisition, I love it. Is it okay if my mum takes a photo of us together? Fuck nice. you, you're too young to listen to this fucking show. <laughs> Go watch the fucking Teletubbies or goddamn brum go watch tinky winky and go watch i don't know watch fucking bill and ben the fucking flower pot men why the fuck are you listening to my fucking bollocks jim's jim's voice just went up two octaves there i had to very awkwardly like try and explain the the podquisition to this mother in a way that did not make it sound like i was destroying her child's life Oh, that is. So, I mean, well I, done. I, I think his name was like Toby. I think it was. I'm like, fuck you. You are, you are about eight. Don't listen to this show. <laughs> I mean, Toby, if you're listening, right, you're very, very welcome. Um, I, I'm sorry. Like, you're gonna be like, like in in a couple of years from now. Let's say, you know, twenty odd years from now. You're probably going to be drinking in a bar somewhere, wondering where it all went wrong. This is where uh, it all went I'm, wrong, Toby. I, this is where it all went wrong. Sorry. Have flashbacks to this moment where I tell you this is where it all went wrong. That said, I'm glad you enjoy it. Thank you for being a fan. But I'm sorry that I'm ruining your life. Yeah, uh, there are better life lessons in Brum. Jim sounds like a mix between like um, Tim Smith and Timmy Mallet. So you, you you could like just change Timquisition to Timquisition and go around to Ubisoft like hitting them with a big, big like <laughs> big pink foam hammer. Yeah. Hammer. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that that is a weird thing. I'm not quite getting used to the the whole people recognize my face at cons now. That's it's weird. awesome. Yeah. Have you been recognized in the street ever? That is. I the got best. recognized that the that the, the most best. like outside of gaming place I've been recognized was a McDonald's. Mm. And I was the person who was serving me behind the counter. This was just after I'd written an article about um, Boscom RPG for Kotaku. And the person serving me was like, this is going to sound really weird if this isn't you. But did you just write something for Kotaku recently? And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so weird. It's cool. I love when that happens. I'm, yeah, I'm um, a little bit daunted by it still. I'm, I'm starting to reach that level where there's a risk of it happening outside of gaming cons. Um, I think I spoke about it a few weeks back where I was walking through a Target, like there's a local department store out here, uh, and a guy working there stopped us, well, walked past and stopped mm. and said, to be doing what they normally do, do you mm. need help finding anything? You're finding everything okay? Then just looked at me and squinted and went, Jim Sterling, holy shit. <laughs> And then walked off smiling. I, um, I, I'm known by name at, by the people who run the, the gaming store near me because, like, I didn't realise this, but I walked in just after I'd started writing for Destructoid and they were like, oh, hi, it's Laura. How, how's the Destructoid <laughs> job going? And I was like, who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're all so wonderful and famous. <laughs> we're, very, we're very well known and, and, and stuff. It happens with um, my, my wife um, ends up making friends with a lot of people who have heard of me. Um, mm. And so that's 
interesting uh, as as they you know I get invited to things and then they're like oh uh, so that's fun so everyone just remembered we're all remember we're all very famous and important so you've got to be nice to us yeah and tell be us that be, we're be great. nice to us because we're famous and stuff and if you're eight Don't I'm listen sorry. To us. <laughs> If you're eight, remember this moment, because this is the moment I personally am apologising to you, listener, who is eight years old, for ruining your life. Yes, I mean, we are... I'll tell you what, right? I will owe you money. Like, the money that you could have earned going to um, college or whatever, but you dropped out. Um, I will owe that money to you. Obviously, by the time they're grown up, I'll be fucking dead. But mm. don't tell them that. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pay off your I'll pay off your many debts that you'll have uh, for gambling and breaking things. So, what other questions do we have? Um, favorite um, female fronted bands. Oh, favorite female fronted bands. I'm gonna um, go with the obvious ones: Nightwish and Kate Bush. Even though Kate Bush isn't really a band, but she's my fave. Oh, I've forgotten the name. Give me one second. There's someone who I got really into recently whose name I'm forgetting. Let me look. I've been growing somewhat partial to Florence and the Machine. They're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And of Monsters and Men. Uh, that nice sort of folksy kind of thing with the lady doing the singing all nice. Uh, I don't know much about the group, but I did add them to my uh, Spotify don't, a lot. And Do they have that wonderful lot. song where the video's going a, a boat going across the sea? Is that them? Mm. I'm not sure. I've not really seen any of them. I'm kind of very new to them. Um, Mm -hmm. They do have a really lovely song about bees having a fight with some birds. (laughs) Um, Oh, I found the one that I was trying to think of. It's Amanda Palmer. Oh, Dresden Dolls. Yeah, Dresden Dolls Amanda Palmer, who I only discovered recently. Um, I have had the killing type on loop for a a few days. I kind of like that song. I'm a big fan of her. She's very controversial outside of her music. Yes, um, I, I discovered this in the last couple of days, but I just listening to her music, I like the music. The music itself, I mean... I, I, I think she got naked on stage in a kimono at a show once because something about making a point about the papers photographing her, I think. Yeah, she's done yeah. Um, a lot of stuff that... Many people from different areas find problematic in many ways. What's her name? Um... Amanda, Amanda Palmer. Palmer, but as a as a musician, I mean, I've I've been a big listener of the Dresden Dolls for yeah. years. Um, my wife was a big. My wife introduced me to them. She's a, a huge fan, and I a big fan of their songs. I like uh, Necessary Evil, and mm. um, what's the other one I like? Uh, there's another one I really like. I can't quite remember the name of it. Dirty Business. That's it. I like I'm, that. One I'm pulling up my iTunes quickly to be like, right, what artists do I have that I can bring up? Um, it's uh, li- Little Little Talks is the mm. name of that song, by the way, and yes, yeah. it is Monsters and Men, and that's a fantastic little song. That is a good song as there's, well. Yeah. There's a very small artist who I really like called Emma Hallows, who I found her because she did a song that was inspired by The Last of Us uh, that was called Ellie's Song, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, and I've been listening to her stuff for a while. She does some really, really good just like acu- music with an acoustic guitar. Um, in a similar vein to... She's a bit more sort of like a bit more directly about plots of games than Gavin is, but not hugely. Like, you could listen to her music and not realise it's trying to sing about a game. But, well, yeah, she makes some good music. Well, that's the same as my like stuff, her. then. For the most of it, she's a bit. She's a bit more about plots. Like she will mention character, like more like 
she will be a bit more specific with char- like character perspective songs sometimes. Yeah. I, I would say that well, literally every one of my more. songs is a character perspective in the last I know, but two you, years. You, <laughs> you, you focus. Okay, how do I put this? You focus on the emotions and the mentality of the character, whether whereas she is singing about the. She is sometimes singing about the things that happen to that character in a very oh, plot centric okay. manner. So she's a bit more literal then. She's sometimes okay, a bit more literal than Gavin yeah. is. But Which is actually then I would recommend people check her out because it's a complaint that I've gotten from a lot of the mm. and this sounds hilarious, yeah. but the older Miracle of Sound fans, they missed that. So definitely yeah, go, if you missed go, that, go, go check look out up this, Emma Hallow's Ellie's song, which I found I think I found out about it because it was used at the end of one of the episodes of IGN's uh Beyond podcast, I think, when they used to do songs at the end of episodes. She's really good. I like Emma Hallows. Um, Kim Dawson is great. If if any of you have seen Juno, she's the person who did most of the soundtrack for Juno. Mm-hmm. Um, Sia she is does, great as well. She, I really yeah. like her songs. And her videos are absolutely beautiful. Did you see the uh, one with like uh, Shia LaBeouf in it, dancing with the little oh, girl? Oh, my the God, weird, it's amazing. The weird one where he's in the cage. It's such an amazing, like, heartbreaking video. It's an amazing video that I don't entirely understand. Really? I, I've i seen multiple different interpretations and I don't really agree with any of them entirely. Yeah, I've seen some really stupid interpretations of that video, yeah. to be honest. But, but. It's, it is a very emotive music video. Mm. But... Yeah, that's that's um, yeah. some good stuff we got talked. Um, yeah. Someone asked us a question. I'm just trying to find who they are. Um, the Dizzy Rainbow on Twitter wanted to ask, what's the first game that you 100% completed, including going and doing all the side quests? Mm. And I do have an answer for this, and it's Majora's Mask. And it's only because you could become an awesome, amazing badass with an extra amazing item if you did all the side quests. And I went and did side quests that I normally wouldn't have done. Mine was Super Mario World. I f- do you know it was like, can you find all 96 levels? Ooh, yeah. look at you. Yeah. Well, I used a guide. <laughs> I didn't do it by myself. <laughs> what I mean, about how you, the fuck Jim? are you supposed to know? You have to fly underneath that flagpole at the end of some random level, and that's how you find. No one would know that if you hadn't found that in the guide or someone in school didn't tell you. I don't, I've never been a completionist, is the mm. thing. I, I don't think I've ever had that compulsion to 100% run anything. I um, I mean, the closest would be like maybe Dynasty Warriors games, but even yeah. then I don't think I've ever gotten every single final level weapon for all like 50 to 100 characters. Yeah, you know? yeah is there Mid- games that you guys have like all the achievements for? The only two I can think of are Call of Duty 4 and Oblivion. None of them. Like the the only time when I complete one hundred percent a game is when there is something specific that I want as a reward for doing so. Yeah. Like if it gives me an in game like gameplay reward for having one hundred percented it, yeah, that's exactly. when it becomes worth my time. Because achievements are just worthless. <laughs> like they're completely no, they, they are, worthless. but the fierce deity mask in Majora's Mask is not worthless. Mm. <laughs> because there is nothing more amazing than going into that final fight and just walking all over mm. the final boss being like, nope. Oblivion, I think a lot of people 100% of that because you literally just got your achievements in that game for reaching the top of the guilds. So if you did the main quest and got finished every guild quest, you pretty much got your 100% achievements in that game. Which I think is pretty cool. I think, I think I I was one achievement shy of getting all of them in Oblivion because I ended up in a situation where I was 
And it was the Thieves Guild stuff. Mm. And I think I ended up too encumbered. It was the, the Boots of Spring Heel Jack mission. I had oh, the boots yeah, that yeah, make yeah. you jump high. But I was too encumbered to jump high, and all of the stuff I had I really needed. And <laughs> if I'd have, like, it was my armor, and it was like, if I took any of this armor off, I'm going to get killed. And I just said, I got so demoralized because I was in the middle of this sewage system with no way to get back out. <laughs> because that's surrounded a really by long enemies. quest. Yeah, and I was halfway through it, and I never picked it back up again. And it was wow. I was one mm-hmm. achievement away, and I was like, I, I couldn't handle it. Man, they were such great missions. The guild missions in Skyrim were kind of disappointing in comparison, in my opinion. Like, the Thieves' Guild just yeah. had you running through caves with two NPCs who just were roaring into battle. And it's like, this, what? Where's my stealth? Yeah, <laughs> I, I quite like the next question, question we've got. And again, this is one that I... Since I put it in the chat, I've been thinking about it. I think I've got an answer. Um, at Sacklaw, Sacklaw on Twitter wants to know, the witch's beard growth has me wondering, what lovely but useless feature would you like in games? So here's my answer. Dynamic erections. You're playing as a male character. Just out of nowhere, they're just going to get an awkward boner. And they can't have conversations with kids. They don't want to go into shops. They're, it's just like, I'm just going to go farm monsters for a bit. I'll be back. <laughs> I, I just want the game to react to just like, yep, he's got a no reason boner. Or what? Right. What would even be really nice is if you know, like when a character is dressed in some ridiculous, scanty, like low cut uniform, if that your male avatar could just like not stop staring at the boobs. <laughs> in the same, because Silent that Hill be did that realistic. thing where Silent Hill did that thing where the character would look automatically at things nearby to give you a clue. Mm. Um, so it's not hard to do. Mm. Um, you couple that with dynamic erections. Lincoln Wind Waker did the same. I'm just, I just want to put these tech together and it's like, I can't stop looking at those boobs and my character has an erection. That's the game I'd want it for as well. Yeah. I, I, th- I want the next Legend of Zelda to have di- dynamic <laughs> erections. It's like, what's her name in Witcher 3? Kira? And, and she has this mm-hmm. like top that's beyond low cut and I'm just looking at Geralt going how are you not looking at them like seriously I mean she clearly wants them to be seen <laughs> he's very polite he's, Geralt. he's very polite he's, he's very polite but he's also very patient because he, he he's in a Witcher game he's like I'll probably see him eventually oh bit of news I'll that's probably worth bringing up that I think is really interesting I've just seen pop into my news inbox um a Sony executive has just referred to the Vita, uh, the PlayStation Vita, as a legacy platform, which means don't expect it at E3. Yeah, it means they're done with it. Vita's I mean, we, dead. That was, that was confirmed ages ago. Anyway, it, they gave up. It was, but they've now referred to it in the camp of like, hey, systems that we no longer support, including the yeah. Vita. So I mean, they were more or less doing that anyway. They more or less confirmed that they're leaving it up to fucking third-party developers to start to continue supporting it. Uh, they've dropped it like a dead duck, and if they announce a new handheld at E3, I'm gonna be. I just don't know if I can give a shit anymore. I don't because... think they will because I think they know that everyone doesn't give a shit about it anymore. Maybe. I mean, hopefully they've given up because it just, I don't think it's fair because they make really good fucking handhelds that are worth buying at the time, and then just drop it in favor of something new like a very short while later. And I, I don't think it's fair to fucking people who'd go out and buy that stuff. Mm. Mm. I agreed. 
I'm just having a quick look, see if we've got any more questions. I'm <clears> delving into the terrifying cesspit that is the Jimquisition unofficial Facebook group. Oh dear. Questions in there are slightly less uh, predictable in tone than the Twitter ones sometimes, but let's see what we can dredge up. Here, I'm going to make up a question and answer it. What is your opinions on um, platform exclusive content for particular games? And my opinion on it is fuck that in its face. Yes, you're very annoyed about the Batman uh, Arkham Knight stuff, aren't you? Mm. I'm just annoyed about that in general. Platform exclusivity fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that seems to it be the, cheapens. Like, it so much cheapens the fucking art of the of the what game. What are you getting? What are you getting locked out of in Batman? Because I don't, I don't even know. It's the this. principle, and it's how much <laughs> it fucking cheapens the art. It complete. It just it. Ugh. I can't even begin yeah. to describe this is how Warner Brothers we're revolting talking about. Like, a practice it is. Warner Brothers Interactive has no respect for art. I mean, I actually did an article this past week about the new Mad Max game they're bringing out mm. with a cast of all-American fucking characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and one bad Australian accent they're using for Mad Max, which they only mm. did because fans really outcried about it. Mm. Um, and it's like just the lack of respect for the setting and the legacy and the characters and and voice actors in general where they're that unimportant. Mm. Can um, you imagine like it, if I put out a song and said but you only get the guitar solo if you buy it on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's, it's that fucking same bullshit. Thing. It's such And it's bullshit. happening it's happening more and more because it's not a, it's not viable from a business standpoint anymore to mm. make an entire game platform exclusive if you're third party. So mm. they, they start portioning off this little DLC stuff, which mm. is not much better, like, because you're just Completely telling... Completely devalues the, the medium, like... It, it devalues yeah. the medium, absolutely, and it tells people on other systems, like, you know, we don't give as much of a shit about you. Like, I don't see how it's any less of a snob than just not putting the game on it altogether. Yeah. Um, we, we've actually got some decent uh, questions in the Jimquisition Facebook group for once that are really reasonable and calm questions. Ooh. I'm kind of impressed. Um, we've got a question from Nathaniel Azniata. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Um, what skills from your current jobs would you put on a resume if your current job fell apart and you had to go into an office job? I would actually not do that. I would just, you know shrivel up in a corner play, and die. Play along with the question. For whatever reason, the universe has forced <clears throat> you into applying for office jobs. Um, highly adept at condensing trivial, meaningless thoughts into 140 characters or less. <laughs> when I see, like, honest, like, genuine answer, I would, at this stage in my career, I would probably put a lot of stuff down from my experience doing managerial work like mm. i would well, we've all cite run our experience own businesses, like, so. well exactly it's running my own business like um experience with like the paperwork back end stuff experience running teams of other staff that are working under me um a lot of stuff to do with like time and resource management skills that's probably the stuff i'd put down if i were going into an office job yeah, yeah i mean that's pretty much the same for me management working with teams all the usual bloody blah that, that you've got to pretend that you're good at tech um, savviness Tech savviness, um, you know, managing my own business. You know, I would just do like Jeremy from with Peep customers. Show. I would do Jeremy from Peep Show and do op- <laughs> Operation Unemployable Freak is in motion. I, my my fiance's just sent me a Facebook message listening to us record this, and she said, "Special skills, dick and butt jokes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that, important. The, the the there will be good workplace morale because of my constant dick yeah. and butt jokes. It'll be great. And then the other one we've got, that I think, is quite interesting 
because this uh, is a question from Robert Adams. Why are podcast hosts always so self-derogatory when they refer to their own work when, as far as we can see, they create such good material? And I'm not. You're not. You're fine. You've got confidence. I'm um, like, my work's fucking great. For, Buy it. For, for a lot of people, I know for myself, there is this wonderful thing that people refer to called imposter syndrome. And it is this wonderful fear that because this is such a competitive field to try and get into and that I constantly am feeling like I am un... that I don't have the skills required to have got this job, that I am constantly fearful that any moment people are going to realise that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm going to have this all pulled away from me. So I wonder is that more common in young people who get where they're going quickly? Because I wonder if some... like for me, my career didn't happen until my like until like I was 30 mm. and I've been awesome. working on it for so long that for me at this yeah. point imposter syndrome just seems like an unthinkable idea to me possibly like I know I I have a lot of a lot of peers of my age group that are about my level in games press feel the same way and it's this sort of I I think that there is like a lot of things to do with it being it seems like a very impenetrable industry and it's changing in such radical ways that we can't really predict how future changes are going to go. And then suddenly, like, while you're still trying to work out who you are as a person in your sort of early 20s, suddenly getting where everyone's trying to get to can feel very daunting and very like, oh, God, I don't deserve to be here. Why am I better than all the people that didn't get this job? Fuck, 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 I'm going to get caught out. I think that's a lot of the problem. <clears throat> I mean, that's that's probably... I mean, I, I suffer from imposter syndrome a lot, too. I, I You know, I have all sorts of general angsty issues and mm-hmm. stuff that I work through. Um, I mean, when it comes to podcasts, I do know it's, it's, it is... I've done it on every podcast I've done. I know a lot of other podcasters do it. Mm. Um, I, I think, honestly, most of the time, it's as simple as the fact that self-derogatory uh, comments are funny in general. <laughs> Plus, and people yeah. don't most like podcasters, And sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes being objective about the good work you've done can be um, misinterpreted as being a little bit conceited and arrogant. Particularly when like podcasting is something where it is here is the three of us who you've never met having a conversation find us interesting and just like like it is there there are a few more arrogant things yeah the the entire core conceit of what podcasting is is very open to like being interpreted as conceited and why do you think people would be like yeah, it you is know, amazing that people want to I listen to this. I never listen to podcasts. <laughs> I, listen, I listen to several podcasts. I'm amazed podcasts, people want to listen to, to, to me talk. Yeah. Or, you well, know. like, I've launched a couple of, like, uh, when I launched the Destructoid UK podcast a, f- uh, a couple of months back, there, the first couple of episodes, there were a good few very angry comments that were like, oh, it's so self-centered, this is all them sort of putting together their own show and just talking to each other. Why would I want to listen to this? And that dies down as any show grows because suddenly it's like, oh, there is an audience. Okay, we'll shut up. And the audience gets to know you. Yeah, and the audience gets to know you. But it is like, it is one of the more self-centered things you can do. And as Mm. such, I think it's a good way to, like, for personalities to stay in check is to be a little bit self-derogatory just in order to keep that sort of, to avoid getting too up yourself and too sort of like, Everyone yeah. wants to listen to me. I'm the best. Mm. So yeah, that that was an intelligent question plus, from the Facebook group. Plus, the podcast is a load of shit as well. It is a load of shit. Yeah, why Again, the fuck yeah. do you listen to it? Like, 
Why are we up to, what is it? Is this episode 27? Why have you listened to 27 of these things? 27 episodes of what is, to be fair, the audio equivalent of a wet comrade. So... <laughs> Not even a wet comrade. That's too exciting. It's the sock that someone keeps crusty in their drawer. That's it. The it, crusty wank sock. Yeah, uh, it's the, still the, a little the, bit like, down from the last wank. It hasn't been taken out in like mon- a month because the person's too bored to even have a wank. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, they've lost... They, they can't even find themselves attractive enough to mutilate their own boners. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's horrible. You're you're listening to a dank cum sock, and <laughs> and as always, you're welcome to it. And and you know, we'll and see you next speaking week. Of, uh, <laughs> speaking of things to go on your CV, <laughs> dank cum sock, <laughs> dank cum sock, official uh, dank cum sock of the Podquisition podcast. Absolutely. <sighs> I was I was once number seven on the podcast at the iTunes podcast charts. Yeah, that's that's talking my job. about dank cum socks. Talking about uh, dank talking cum yeah. socks. The official dank cum sock cast. <laughs> uh, do we have time for one more? Or are we going to wrap up um, here? I think we'll wrap up because we've been going. These things are getting longer and longer. Eventually, we'll end up going two hours and spoiling them. I actually did notice a couple of people complaining that we were going on too long. We may <gasps> may need to be what? more economic with our time. On- on the opposite side, there are people who were complaining the other week because it was only an hour and ten minutes, not an hour and a half. Ah. Uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's very split. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you can always just turn it off after an hour. Again, I'm, a, I'm amazed with anything. people's attention spans. I really am. Yeah. I will say, very sorry to Stephen Rawlings. I very almost answered your question. So, tough luck. Fuck you. <laughs> That is so mean. We we have to answer his question next. No, we don't. Do we're not going to do. No, we're not going to do on. it now. We'll we're do, it do it quickly. I now refuse to do it. We're going to end. Question. We're going to end the show here now. No, we have to be nope. nice. <laughs> not going to tell you his question. I'm just going to. He's he's lovely. We're not going to answer his question now. Okay. Well, we're following <laughs> through on that then. Um, Laura, we've just been talking about dank cup socks, and people might want to know what else you talk about on the internet. How on earth can they find that out? Well, if you want to find the other stuff I do on the internet, you can find all of it under Laura K. Buzz. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on iTunes, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. Make sure you go to the Patreon one. That's what pays the bills. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. Other than that, if you like my podcasts, I do a lot of them. So you can look at the Indie Haven podcast, the Geek Night In, Category Video Games, Ono Video Games, Podtoid, the Destructoid UK podcast, um, the Gear of Steam podcast, Laura's Gaming Butts. Just Google those. That'll get you started for your week. Wonderful. And Gavin, people want to listen to all that music we were talking about earlier. How the fuck can they do that, son? Well, if you want to hear some songs that sound like Geralt of Rivia warbling into a dank cum sock, then come find my channel, Miracle of Sound, on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter, Miracle of Sound. There's no way this episode can't be called Dank Cum Sock now. Um, <laughs> as for me, uh, if you keep an eye on the gymquisition.com this week, we've actually got quite a lot. I don't normally talk about my own stuff here, but um, you check out the stuff we've got. We've got a Splatoon review up, uh, Witcher 3 review up, of course. Uh, an interview with Koji Igarashi, uh, which we managed to nail. That Very pleased to have done that. Uh, interviews are a new thing that we're doing on the gymquisition.com, and they're going over very well. So uh, keep an eye out for more of those, fingers crossed. Uh, and that, that'll be that. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the Dank Comsock Hour with uh, Jim Moore and Gavin. Uh, we will be back next week to fill your ears with our crusty, crusty love. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>